This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. The goal of this podcast since day one is to provide the best information on the Vancouver real estate market at no cost to you, the listeners. To that end, we'd like to thank the following sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Marcon, a local family-owned and managed real estate development and construction company that's been around for nearly four decades. Marcon is not only committed to high-quality construction, but it also is making a positive impact in the communities in which it builds all across the Lower Mainland. We want to highlight two incredible Marcon projects. Elmwood, a 38-story tower located at Burquitlam's most important intersection, Como Lake Avenue and Clark Road. This landmark tower will feature 335 condominiums, over 37,000 square feet of office and retail space, and almost 20,000 square feet of amenity space. Elmwood has been incredibly popular with 80% sold currently, but they still have a great selection of junior one-bedroom all the way to three-bedroom homes remaining. Check out markon.ca slash Elmwood for more. And Matt, we are also excited about Sone House, Markon's newest community in West Coquitlam. With 165 homes ranging from junior one beds to three beds, Sone House offers the perfect West Coast aesthetic with a more nuanced Nordic-inspired design. Register today at markon.ca slash Sonehouse. That's S-O-E-N-H-A-U-S. Or you can learn more at markon.ca or follow them at Instagram at markonhomes. Markon, building for life. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Weather State Podcast. And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scalino. And I'm your other host, Matt Scalino. And Matt, today we've got an incredible episode. We do. We have a celebrity contractor on the show, which is a first. We, you're not talking about the uh, the guy from the Village People. The contractor Mike from Musler? the... Mike Musler? Yeah, the contractor from the Village People. <laughs> I think he was a contra- I think he was a construction worker. No, he was a GC, wasn't he? Was, I don't know. He wore, he wore a hard hat, but uh, so it's not him. It's, no. It's uh, Brian Baumler. Probably more famous, Brian Baumler. Brian Baumler is is huge. Yeah, like he, first of all, he's a big guy, but yeah. second of he's all, he's also in great shape. He's in great shape, but he's also uh, he's he's got such a successful business. He's on shows like Disaster DIY, Leave It to Brian, House of Brian, uh, Island of Brian. Yeah, and he, and he that's his new one, Island of Brian, new on HGTV Canada. I'm super excited about that one. Yeah, you know what? That one's exciting. It sounds like he was just out traveling in the Bahamas and came across an island and a hotel that was in disrepair and he's he's bought it moved his family down there and now he's renovating a hotel uh, that right. you can actually apparently you can go stay at and and uh, paddleboard with Brian fish with Brian there's lots of opportunities there that's a great idea for a show and also for a hotel right because you get this first of all you get to watch him repair it and then eventually you and your family can go and stay with him and then it's just like you and yeah. Brian hanging out. It's like a more interactive uh, reality TV experience for sure. Phenomenal. You know, and the other exciting thing about this is we talked to Brian about kind of where he started and how he got to renovating hotels on TV in the Bahamas. Right. And it's amazing because he was in Oakville, you know, just a, a regular guy with a couple of employees trying to 
trying to get a business off the ground building the homes. Yeah, he was building homes in Oakville. And uh, he does have actually an interesting connection to Vancouver as well, which is uh, worth listening to. And he's actually owned property downtown Vancouver. He's Um, upset he sold it. Yeah, he is a little upset he sold it. Um, but he he's a phenomenal guy. Really, really interesting conversation with Brian. We talked to him, and he's one of these guys, and you, you meet these guys in the industry where not only does he know construction, not only does he know building, but he's an avid investor as well. Um, and he, he knows the different markets around Canada, and he's got a really exciting app he wants to talk about as well. Yeah, yeah, so stay tuned for Brian. But before we get to that, Matt, let's just touch on the market before the interview here, because one thing is for sure, we're coming up on December quick. We've got about a week left in the month, and when December hits, it's it's inevitable that people are going to stop focusing on real estate. They're going to start focusing on family, holidays, time off work, relaxing, having more drinks, going to the work parties, doing everything that people do, right? 100%. And you know what? If we take a kind of larger perspective on 2018 here, I mean, the spring market didn't really show up. Inventory showed up. Right. Buyers didn't show up. The fall market, we were waiting on the fall market. Didn't the fall market did not materialize. Right. Inventory did, though. And inventory is higher now than it's been in a long time. And there's not a lot of people out there shopping. So... When you think about December, if you're on the market right now trying to sell, uh, there's a reason for it, and it, there could be real opportunities for buyers. I mean, I was at a presentation with Phil Moore from the real estate board yesterday, right. and he was saying in his time uh, in the market, which he's been around for, for a long time. 20 plus years. 20 plus years, uh, that he hasn't seen the transactions this low. Right. So you know what? December is kind of the cherry on top of a, of a fairly lackluster year. And that means opportunities for people that are willing to get out and, and go take a look. For sure. And, and a note to buyers as well. People that are in greater Vancouver and have been looking in areas outside of Vancouver because you thought you couldn't afford it, maybe revisit Vancouver again because there might be an opportunity. The budget that wouldn't buy you something last year might buy you something this there's, year. There's deals out there for sure. Absolutely. So, so let's uh, cut to our interview with uh, Brian Baumler. Enjoy guys. Okay, so we're here with Brian Baumler. How you doing, Brian? I'm I'm well. How are you? I should start by saying, hey, Brian. Yeah, hey, hey. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for taking the time uh, and thanks for coming down to the studio. This no is great. problem. This is a great spot. Yeah, thanks. Um, well, maybe we'll start. Can you maybe tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? A lot of them will know who you are. A bit about already. myself? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I build things, uh, I fix things. No, I, um, how does one describe themselves? <laughs> I guess, uh, we've, uh, I'm a home builder. Um, how, how early do you want me to start? <laughs> in early age. <laughs> when I was a age. little boy. <laughs> um, no, I'm in the construction industry of a number of media companies and production companies. Um, right. We build custom infill and spec homes, do a lot of renos in the uh, in the west side of Toronto area, in the in the suburbs. Um, we also, on the production side, have done, I think, seven or eight different series, about 485 episodes of television for Home and Garden Television. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. I kind of gave up my I gave up my thirties so I can do what I want in my forties. <laughs> <laughs> and how did you get started in real estate? Just, um, you know, it's it's interesting. Uh, I, I think I recognized from an early age that uh, you know, investing in real estate is is uh, real estate's the one thing that you know the, there there doesn't 
continue to be more of it. Um, you know, we're not we're not producing. Maybe there's some small islands in the South Pacific that are forming as we speak, but they're, they're probably not going to be or viable. Flooding. Yeah, they're not going to be viable for development in a while. Um, but no, when um, you know, I went I went to private school as a kid, I, I was lucky. Uh, you know, my dad had a little horse on my shirt, and I, I spent uh, eight years in a in a private school. And the joke in in the class there was, you know, if you screw up in here. You're going to end up out there working with the maintenance guys. Yeah. Now, I grew up, my dad was a blue-collar guy and had a, a sheet metal shop at the airport in Toronto. So I spent a lot of time, you know, hands-on with hands-on tools and, and doing things around the house, and that's what they did. And, um, you know, he, he worked hard to, to put us through there. And, and when they would say that or, or imply that, I thought, well, shit, I want to work with the maintenance guys. You know, I didn't, I didn't know how to, how to put two and two together and make it all make sense. But after school, I went to university. I did business and political science, and I was headed for a, a law school degree. But at the same time, putting in my apprenticeship hours with framing companies and construction companies and what have you, and uh, decided I, I couldn't, I couldn't do law school. I, I, I had to get back on the tools. And um, in the interim, I, you know, I lived in Vancouver for a while. Had a, a air cargo brokerage company out of here, just from my experience and knowledge, and you know, people that I knew at the airport back in Toronto. But at the same time. Every day, I couldn't wait till the end of the day to get home to renovate my condo, and I was into a house with a friend of ours that we were renovating. This and, was in uh, Vancouver? Yeah, this was back in Vancouver when uh, I, when I kind of said, that's it. Um, but then, uh, you know, I went, I went back to George Brown. I did renovation tech, took the Part 9 building code update courses, and educated myself on that, and, and that was pretty much it. I hung my shingle out. And you started building homes on the west side of Toronto? Yeah, we started um, in Oakville, kind of a... Wow, yeah. yeah, Oakville. Started in Oakville. So so a, a lot of our listeners have seen your shows, and I mentioned to a couple of people I was talking to yesterday that you were coming on, and people are excited uh, for the episode for sure. But how, I always wonder, and we had Todd Talbot in here, you know, uh, who's on HGTV as well, yep. like how you go from a home builder to, to a television? TV star. <laughs> yeah, like right. how does that process take place? That's a hell of a question. <laughs> Interestingly enough, it's how do you go from a home builder in his 20s with a severe anxiety disorder to a uh, a television <laughs> show? The first three seasons of Disaster DIY were one massive anxiety attack for me. Um, but I, I guess, you know, there's a, there's a new breed of tradesmen um, and contractors out there that, that have a university you know, education that have business training, right? Uh, sales and marketing and that kind of thing. Um, and you know, I, I was I was on my way in one direction and, and redirected myself. So, part of my marketing plan for the construction company was obviously to get you know build a brand and get the name out there. And uh, I was sitting at home. I I remember the moment, you know, watching HGTV, and there was uh, you know an old guy on there. Who's <laughs> now in a rocking chair asleep somewhere? Um, long <laughs> name silver, names. long silver hair. Um, no, and I, and I watched this, and he had a he had a, a plumber, electrician, and I can't remember the trade, and did a bit of work, and and then he's standing there pointing at him. He said, "This, if you need work, this is the only guy that can do it. He's the most amazing guy." And there's this logo on the screen, and I thought, "My God, that this guy showed up, did a few hours of free work, and now he's he's got all of this advertising directed to his target market." Uh, you know, and, and, and his business will explode. And I thought, that what, a, what a great way to do this. And my intention was never to have a television show. It's something I, you know, with, with at the time a severe anxiety disorder, the last thing on my mind. <laughs> this is, it, the anxiety disorder is hard to imagine. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, it's, uh, I'm 
I'm self-medicated now, so no, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I've learned to I've learned to deal with it. It uh, it was interesting, but um, I, I sent an email to a, a production company. I got on the HGTV website and, and I went to the casting call section, and, and it said uh, Disa- uh, DIY disasters. You know, apply now for the show if you've ruined your home, et cetera, et cetera. It was a different show, a different pitch uh, than we ended up doing. But I, I just clicked on the email and I sent an email in, and, and I, I said it was. This is verbatim. I said, hi, I own a construction company. I have six employees. Five of them have all of their teeth. Four of them are very funny. Um, but all of them work extremely hard and, and, and love what they do, uh, and we do good work. So we'd be happy to come down for three months and do all of your construction labor in exchange for some advertising on the show. Thanks, Brian. Send. That was it. And I thought, nah, it's a it's a cast, you know. It's a I'm, I'm fishing. Yeah, I'll never hear back from them. But uh, a couple of weeks later, I got a phone call, and uh, a guy named Frank said, "I'm Frank. I'm a producer. I wanted to chat with you a little bit, maybe come down and, and meet you on one of your sites." And uh, at first, I thought, God, who did I tell about this? Like, which which one of my friends is on the the line here messing with me? Yeah. Um, but I said, okay, well, let's meet on a on a site. Um, in Oakville, if the story gets too long, just tell me. No, 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 <laughs> this is, no, this is gold. We got what do we have? Three and a half hours. <laughs> so they uh, they came down to meet me on a site, and and it was a house in Oakville that we had done an estimate on. And the guy wanted a second story and some dormers and a new bedroom and a kitchen and a bathroom and an HVAC and backyard and pool and the, you know the, the whole thing. And I think if I recall the estimate I put together for him was about four hundred fifty thousand. And he looked at the estimate and he said, huh, you got to be nuts. This is way too expensive. I'm going to do it myself. And I said, okay. And then he said, can I get the name of your demo guy and I need your foundation guy and your framer and your electrician and your plumber? I said, that's not how it works. So, you know, good luck. So this was right around, uh, you know, a few months later is when I got a call back from the network and they said, we'd like to come to one of your sites. And I said, well, I have this great site here, a former customer, a former almost customer. And now, you know, he had called me in tears and. You know, things were backwards. His, his electrician was angry at the at the homeowner because the drywall was up and he wasn't finished, and uh, the site was a mess, and there were no permits and what have you. So we took the job over, and uh, this this is the site where they decided to show up with a little camera. And, and he asked me one question. He said, "Tell me what happened here." And I, you know, I shrugged my shoulders. I pointed at the homeowner here, and I, I said, "Well, Bonehead here thought he'd build his own house, and he." effed it up so badly he called me crying three months later and begged me to take the job over and now instead of 450 he's going to pay me about 750 to fix this and they looked at him and he just you know he hung his head low and he shook his shook his head and he said yeah that's that's what happened do i get to be on tv now no no but it was about two weeks later i got a phone call from the network and they said how would you like to have your own show and uh you know at the time i said okay what what am i gonna say you're gonna hand me work you're going to Pay me to do the work. Uh, you're going to edit this to make me look perfect, and you're going to broadcast this to my target audience. They said yes, basically. You know, if you want to do it, sign here. So I signed, and uh, I showed up on day one. And a sound guy came out and you know put his arm up my shirt, hung a microphone on. And a lady came over, put some powder on me, and the producer came over, and said, "Okay, so get in your truck, drive around the corner, knock on the door, ask the guy what he, uh, ask ask the wife what he did. She's going to show you. Grab the guy by the ear, make fun of him, and make him fix it." <laughs> And that's how we created Disaster DIY. But that was the day I realized when my heart rate went from 60 to 360. I thought, what have I done? Uh, but that, that's pretty much it. And people, people watched. And uh, 400 and some odd episodes later, wow. 
I can't. You're on a, the Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. Cons- yeah, I know. I'm, it's just, it's just, I've been waiting for this day. Uh, but yeah, it's it's been it's been consuming. It's it's opened up a lot of opportunities for us. Uh, obviously, marketing and advertising on our own business and, and related businesses, which has been great. Uh, but it's also it, been difficult. It's taken me away from the the one thing I really love. And if I if I do get a day. Um, you know, I love to just put my tool belt on and, and jump on a house and bang some nails in. So how did, how did that actually affect your business? Did you so once you start with HGTV, were you still in the contracting world and still working? Or yeah, um, and and I've continued to do so. We've got about sixty employees with a construction company in Burlington now, and we do infill spec development and, and and houses and renovations and what have you, and a number of related businesses as well in in the media and production side. Um, but it was a it was a real double edged sword because my you know, my vision going into this was I'll get some advertising, the company will explode, and everything will be great. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, when you're in your late twenties, you're you're really not you don't have the experience of of failing a few times and and getting beat down a little bit. What I didn't realize was signing up for the show, I'd be working eighteen or twenty hours a day, six or seven days straight for nine months, and then I would finish production and I would have to market sell respond to emails get to sites put the you know then all of a sudden i finished production i'm like i need i need to find a job now yeah um and i didn't know how many years it was going to go so the first three years i mean i I had a tough time paying my mortgage um but i i knew what the plan was and and the plan was always uh something my dad had taught me about business that farmers uh are are the richest people because they've got it figured out uh you can't eat the harvest when you get the bag of seeds you got to put the time in. You got to be hungry. You've got to wait. You know, get up early in the morning, uh, and wait until that harvest is ready. And three years in, when my contract expired and the network really wanted another show, uh, that was the time to negotiate and and sit down and say, "I want to own the production company, the international distribution rights, the marketing, the ancillary products, et cetera, et cetera, the endorsements." Uh, and we went from there. They signed on the line, and here we are. Wow! And and. How much input, like when they come to you for the second and third show, are, are those your ideas? You're like, this is what I, how, where I want to take this next. It's been interesting. I mean, we we occasionally have a have a little battle, um, but generally since since the first uh, disaster DIY show, um, I mean, House of Brian came around because I said I need to take a year off from filming. I need to build my own house. I, I live in a. 600 square foot bungalow full of mold and asbestos and potential. Uh, and, uh, and I need to realize that potential or I'm going to be thrown out by my, by my wife and kids. Yeah. Um, and they said, well, we want to film another season of the show. You know, how long is it going to take you to build your house? And the honest answer when you're in the trades is when I have time, when my electrician isn't busy, when I've got some extra lumber left over, I'll get to it. So it, you know, it's the shoemaker's shoe. Um, and they said, could you do it in six months? And I said, sure, I could probably do it in six months if I was focused on it. And they said, why don't we shoot it? Um, so the, the concept for House of Brian kind of came out. So everything since then, it, it really becomes, uh, you know, I walk into the office, I sit down in a, a, a meeting with the content creation team at the network, and I say, here's what I'm doing next. Uh, and there's a bunch of discussions and arguments and negotiations for the next couple of months. And then uh, we end up shooting what I'm doing next. <laughs> so, it's, sounds like a good deal to me it's uh it's not too bad i mean i've i've been careful from day one the partnerships we've formed um with different manufacturers and, and product suppliers and, and you name it are are very easy partnerships because they're genuine they're they're 
people that we've worked with, products that we use on a regular basis, um, you know, be that tools, materials, banks, whatever it is, it's, it's all stuff that is, that is genuine. Um, so I don't, I've, I've never had to act or, or pretend or, uh, anything. If there's something I don't like, um, I, I'm not, I'm not going to hold it up and, and show it to everybody and tell them it's great. Uh, there've been all kinds of offers on the table, but it's, it's been easy for me to sleep at night and not have to look over my shoulder and, uh, by just doing what I do. Um, and the television thing, yeah, it's a great benefit, uh, and, and it's helped grow the business and expand it. But uh, there were also a lot of difficulties that came along with that. Uh, you're under a microscope. I mean, how many people go to work and have millions of people sitting on their shoulder um, every day yeah. analyzing of anxiety, everything yeah. <laughs> that you've done? And let's let's be honest. There's there's times in any business and in anyone's life where you kind of look over your shoulder uh, and and say to your camera crew, you're not going to want to watch this. <laughs> you know, just give me give me five minutes to get this ready, yeah. and, and we'll go from there. Um, and and you know, occasionally things that we we should have uh, not watched, or you know, things we uh, we could have cut out, uh, make it into the show by mistake. And and uh, there's a lot of feedback. There's a lot of public <laughs> commentary out there. So it's it's been a double edged sword for sure. But it's uh, it, it's been a lot of fun getting to to learn that production business. Um, uh, into the media and the endorsement side and, and all of that kind of stuff. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. So what have you, in thinking about approaching projects, do you have any advice for people that are thinking of either renovating or potentially building new? It's uh, it's interesting. It depends when everybody asks me everything um, about their homes, about real estate, about value, about what they should do themselves or hire someone. And the honest answer is the the answer is different for absolutely every individual. It depends on your income. It depends on your savings. It depends where your house is, what your value is of the house, uh, your future plans, dreams, all this kind of stuff. And and the answer is different for every single person, every single family, uh, depending on those factors. If you're uh, and I, I had a conversation a few weeks ago with a, a couple that uh, about sixty five years old, the kids had left the nest and. Uh, they were in a suburb of Toronto and said, Brian, we want to spend uh, four or $500,000 and put an addition on the house and do a sunroom and update the kitchen. And, and I, uh, I went and met with them and I said, so what's, uh, what's your plan? Well, we just want to update the house and make it pretty. And I said, do you know how much traveling you can do for $450,000? <laughs> the two of you in first class to see the world because the kitchen's a little outdated, but it's okay. And I actually, I, I, I don't know why I talked yourself out of a job. I talked them out of hiring us to do a $450,000 renovation because at the end of it, they kind of looked up and said, well, you're right. Um, And again, so it, it, it depends, you know, they didn't need the money. They didn't need to upgrade the the value of their home. They just thought, you know, they should do it. So they, like I say, the answer is different for everybody. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I'm just curious because I mean I'm I'm in the middle of building a house right now as well and you've done spec properties you've also built a house house for yourself what are the different challenges when you're building for yourself versus building building for spec building spec well here's a tough thing and and I uh, you know I, I've had a lot of people talk to me about uh, the housing market and of course we had a, a, not not in Vancouver I mean everything's up and up here but uh, you know there were, there was a massive housing crisis in the U S and the East Coast. Um, uh, prices dropping and all kinds of things. We now, as a society, unfortunately, are a consumer-driven, single-use, disposable mentality. Uh, A lot of housing that goes up with production builders is the same thing. The focus is on 
cosmetics. And if, if you go to Europe, if you go to different countries, um, they live in houses a third or a quarter the size of houses we live in. Now, don't, this, I'm not a good example of this either. So, um, But everybody wants big and they want it to look nice. And not a lot of people care about what's behind the wall or how it's built or how much it costs to heat and cool every year, how long it's going to last, how efficient it is, the the, uh, the carbon footprint of the, the home and materials, that kind of thing. So I would, I would venture to guess that most people in Canada live in a house about twice the size of a house they could afford if that house was built properly. So there's two things to look at. If you're building a house for yourself and you plan to live there for the rest of your life, you want it to be healthy, you want it to be efficient, uh, you know, and, and affordable to operate and heat and cool. Um, you want it to last a long time, so to be maintenance-free. When some people are building spec homes and uh, or doing a renovation and the idea is to, to flip that home, uh, which I think is a dirty word, it's just got a dirty connotation, <laughs> but the idea is to put that on the market and sell it, you're being influenced more by decisions of the finances of that project and the cosmetics of that project than you are by the moral, environmental, you know, familial kind of kind of factors. However, uh, a lot of people I've been talking to, and one of my goals is to educate homeowners and people on where the real value is in your home. A lot of people walk in and they, you know, they say granite countertops, great, that's valuable. You got hardwood flooring, beautiful. Um, but when was the last time somebody searching for a home walked in and said, what type of insulation is in this house? Right. How big are the footings? Uh, what does it cost every month to heat and cool this house? Uh, and really got, you know, the, the shingles, okay. There's shingles on the roof. Are they 35 year shingles? Are they five year shingles? Um, so the real value to me in, in a house is the, amount of maintenance you have to do to that home to keep it in decent shape over its lifespan, the amount of money it costs to operate every month, and and the, the longevity of the home, meaning has it been built in a way thinking that in the future we can add things without doing a ton of work. Uh, the houses we build, we try and we try and sell that feature, that when you want to renovate this house in 10 or 15 years, you don't have to go in past the drywall, right? That's where the value is yeah. in a home, not in what it looks like, because every 10 or 15 years... And I, I compare a home, uh, Sarah doesn't like this, but I always care, compare a home to your wife or girlfriend. If, if you're a lady, it's your boyfriend, girlfriend, your spouse, your partner, uh, whatever it may be. The cosmetics, you want it to look good, right? That's your first impression is how does this look? But at some point, you know, after the coffee dates and the dinner and the trips away on the weekend, at some point, you know, you sign that contract, you're married, you wake up the next morning, the makeup's all over the pillow. You better hope it's healthy. It's going to last a long time. It's efficient. <laughs> it's built well. It, you know, that's what right. I mean. That, that's where the real important things are. You the, want a house that's your best friend. Exactly. Right. You don't want one that's going to knife you in the back while you're asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so we help a lot of people buy homes and condos and townhomes here in Vancouver. And, and with the price of land, often what you see is... Um, you know the quality of of craftsmanship uh, is quite low, um, which you, is crazy because the prices are so high. Right. right, you a builder can afford to build properly here. Right, yeah, uh, <laughs> no, I agree. It's yeah, it's 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 it's. You would I be you. I don't know when the last time you've been through a new uh, build here in Vancouver is, but yeah, I think you'd be shocked. It, it would uh, be a big letdown for for Brian. I think. <laughs> I, yeah, I I mean I see I see it all the time, and and I'm not the one to knock on on builders or point flaws out in everybody. I'd rather point out what was done 
properly. A lot of the big builders, obviously it's a business. They have to stay in business. Uh, but this is to be 100% honest. This is consumer driven. Everyone that's buying a home says it's too expensive. Everyone that gets on a flight says it's too cheap, but I don't have enough leg room. It doesn't matter. It's all consumer driven. And it's, it's the crowd that decides the direction of the market. If consumers said, no, we want something smaller. It doesn't have to be shiny, but it has to be efficient and healthy. Right. That's what business would produce. I was asked once at a, uh, a show, I was on stage at a speaking engagement. Somebody put their hand up and, and said, um, I've recently lost my home due to the predatory lending of the banks, um, you know, on the real estate thing. And I said, predatory lending. I said, it seems to me you've pronounced irresponsible borrowing <laughs> yeah, incorrectly. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> talking about shifting the blame. Right? I mean, it's, it's the same, you know, they say when one of those, um, when one of those uh, check cashing places pops up in a neighborhood, you know, things are going sideways in that neighborhood. And you have to read the fine print. You have to educate yourself. You have to know exactly what you're getting into, what you're buying, not just that it's got a granite countertop. Right. You have to know how it's built, what it costs to operate, uh, the cost of maintenance, all these things that are important, because at the end of the day, that is where the value is. If you own a property, it's just like a stock or anything. Uh, it doesn't matter what you paid for it. You haven't lost or made money until you sell it. Rent never goes down. Uh, so you want to make sure that you can have a property you can rent out, cover those costs, uh, recoup them, and you're not spending all that money in maintenance or burning it, you know, and it's going out through the uh, the furnace flue. So, so just one one more question on along the lines of kind of what you're looking for and what what are the important factors when you're building. Uh, so we help people purchase homes and and older homes, um, you know, newer homes, but. Often, you know, we say, okay, get a building inspection done. Mm -hmm. And there's only so much the yeah. the inspector can cover. Is it, do you have kind of a, a checklist? You've kind of went over a, a list here, but a lot of it is stuff that you can't see, right? Behind the walls. Yeah. If you, I mean, the truth is, if you're buying an old home on the east side of Vancouver, it's going to have asbestos. The insulation won't be right. There's going to be right. electrical issues. There's going to be plumbing issues. There's right. probably going to be foundation issues. You're going to have to do the roof. Uh, you know, you're going to have animals up there. That that's the fact. The inspector can't come in and see through the walls. And I hear a lot of people say, "Wow, the inspector didn't see that." You know, in the wall there was a junction box that ended up burning the house down. Well, you're right because he didn't rip the wall open. Yeah. Um, I always say to people when they buy something, um, you know, a home. If you're buying a newer home, it's all about the efficiency. If you're buying an older home, uh, most people go to the bank, uh, predatory lending or not, which which I don't think is a thing. <laughs> um, if you if you can read the fine print. People go to a bank and say, how much money can I have for a mortgage? I'm looking for a home. and Let's use a million dollars as an example. They say, you can have a, we'll lend you a million dollars, and you've got your down payment. People go out and start shopping for homes in the $1.4 million range, hoping they can put a low-ball offer in and get that house for a million. They get the house for a million. They show up. They walk in. They realize, this house is a piece of, it's a piece of junk. <laughs> I need another 400000 to yeah. do the renovations required on this house. So they go back to the bank, and they sit down and say, I need 400000 to do renos. They say, you were just in here last month. We told you we'd give you a million. So if you get a million, look at houses that are seven fifty, right? Six hundred thousand. Buy one, and you'll have that money to do the rentals and upgrade it, and put the value back into that home and make money. You can't be underfunded. You can't buy something at the top of your bracket and expect. Well, I bought I bought this house. I expected it was uh, efficient, yeah, uh, or not leaking or what have you. So that's you know it again. It's it's consumer driven. 
No, that's great advice to have kind of a contingency fund moving forward with each project. What- we, we love to spend everything we've got. Sure. You know, people love to rack their credit cards. Uh, we know, everybody knows on a credit card, if you don't pay your balance, you're paying 28%. Right. The complaints come three years later when they're still trying to pay off their balance, paying the minimum. You know, it's, it's, it's simple math. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, the challenge in Vancouver, of course, over the last five years has been just that, I mean, one is that the inspections were not even possible until recently, right? right it was right. all subject free. But then also people were, str- it was in order to get into the market, people were often stretched near, near the point of breaking, right? right? So there's a lot of people that, you know, the, and again, your point that it's consumer driven is a hundred percent, you know, that was a fear of missing out and everything else. But, uh, now there's, but, I yeah. mean, you have other issues here as well with the uh, international purchases and, you know, the, right. there's a lot of money flowing to this part of the country. That's another issue that that's a, that's an entire, we don't, we don't, this isn't a political show, right? So, no, I mean, there's, there's other protections I think that need to be put in place for consumers in We'll talk about the NDP in a minute. (laughs) (laughs) One thing I steer away from is politics. (laughs) And uh, even though I have a political science degree, it's great. But Uh uh, one day when I retire from the media industry, I will publish a memoir with, uh, it'll be called The Honest, Brian, The Honest Truth. (laughs) Um, But again, I think it's consumer driven. The prices go up because people get into a frenzy and they have to buy. If nobody's buying, guess what? Yeah. Prices will go down. Right. Uh, They will meet the market. They will meet the demand. Um, and again, there's different issues uh, here. It's, it, I don't have the answers for everything, obviously. The, sure. the, the perfect answer is different for everybody. Um, but uh, yeah, all things being equal, we're, we're, we're creating this uh, mess ourselves. Right. One thing I, you know, we, we often ask, ask people that are in the real estate industry, what are, what are some of your biggest mistakes that have kind of shaped you and, and forced you to kind of evolve and, and, and become better? Are you allowed me, to talk me personally? About is that the question? <laughs> I can't name any names, but. Uh, <laughs> Um, no, growing a small business, when I started uh, my company, for the first five years, we doubled our gross revenue every year. Uh, and I found the construction industry, just like any industry, the, the, the simplest thing in the world. Um, you show up when you say you'll be there. You do what you say you'll do. You pay your taxes. Because my mom always said, keep your nose clean. Yeah. You sleep better at night. Yeah. Um, and, and you put the money in the bank and you do it again the next day. It is so easy. And as an owner-operator in a construction company, on site, if you care about what you're doing and if you realize that time you spend on the tools or time you spend on the job is not a cost. I have 24 hours in the day that I can work. It doesn't cost me a penny. I have costs now. Obviously, I have a, you know I have four children. I have a burn right now, but it doesn't cost me to spend more time or to work on a Saturday or a Sunday. If you're not willing to do that, be what's called an employee. Go home at four <laughs> or five o'clock, take your weekends off, yeah. Live within your means and your budget and enjoy your life. Uh, there's value to doing that. There's value to being home at night, not worrying about anything. There's value to having weekends for sure. But if you want to go that extra step and be self-employed, you have to realize that your time, you know, I make five bucks an hour, but I, I found a way to work 300 hours a day. You know, it's, <laughs> that's the only difference. But so when we, when we started, you know, the first five years, doubling business every year was, was easy. Once I got into the growth up to 10 employees or 10 to 15, that was a struggle. Finding somebody that would manage my interests and act as my proxy as an owner operator on right. site. Because construction is maybe 20, 30% science. Uh, and I don't know how many uh, tradesmen will agree with me, or maybe, maybe the tradesmen will, the scientists won't. But 75 or 80% of building a home is art. 
It's a human being with two hands cutting a piece of wood, installing a tile, uh, you know, using a, a, a float and, and, and screeding a wall or a floor, whatever it may be. It's art. It's, we're putting these things together piece by piece. So if you're not there and you leave someone else to do it, that can be a liability. And I've, I've learned that lesson a, a couple times. And it's a growing pain in any business to make sure that the quality that's delivered out the back door of your business is the quality that you would deliver personally if you're on site. And that, that's been challenging. And I may have put my trust in the wrong, uh, the wrong person once or twice and made some, uh, learned some expensive lessons, but uh, it's, it's growing pains. Right. Yeah. Scaling, right. That, that is the, and I think it, yeah, in the construction industry, obviously it's, it's huge. I think, you know, <laughs> scaling anyway, as soon that, as humans yeah. are involved. Right. As soon and as a human right is people. involved, right. scaling is incredibly difficult because everything is so subjective. Yeah. Um, you, you may look at tiles in a shower and say, wow, this looks great. I may walk in and say, oh, my God, who did this? They shouldn't. <laughs> this guy should not be installing tile. Right. Um, and vice versa. So it's, it's very subjective. So what's next for Brian Baumler? Oh, well. Uh, hey, Brian. Hey. Yeah. Hey, Brian's a big one. That's uh, an app right now. um, For me personally and the family, we're living on a small island, 60 miles south of Nassau, um, renovating an old hotel. Uh, We bought an old hotel. Very cool. In our travels on a, an island that was really a, a, they call it the the sleeping giant and the island on the wrong side of the wind. Uh, We were boating down there and on the charts, there's, there was this black hole uh, no fuel, no marinas, no services, no anything. And it just made me want to go there more. I mean, it was so close to 18 minute flight from NASA, 60 miles, quick boat trip. So we, you know, one day said, forget it, we're going. Uh, and we got down there and there's this little 10 acre, uh, 22 villa, 18 hotel room resort that, uh, this will be the 50th year, but it's been closed for 10 years. And we just fell in love with the people and the Island, the lifestyle, the everything. How, how many people are on the Island? And we bought Island? It. Uh, the entire island is 1,400 people. It's the largest island in the Bahamas chain of over 700 islands. Um, and I, I think on our island, we'd be lucky. You'd be lucky if you can get up to 500, 600 people. It's pretty quiet. Wow. Yeah. And are you actually going to It's like less it? than are lined up at Starbucks yeah, down the road. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we've been down there for about seven months renovating this place and... Uh, we plan to open in uh, in April. And again, this was one of those times that we had another show greenlit for, for the network. And I said, you know, guys, I'm not going to be able to do that. I bought this hotel. I'm taking off. This sounds like an amazing sh- show, though. It's, Is that what they're called? Island of Brian. It'll uh, it'll come out in March. <laughs> no kidding. So the irony was, you know, I, some of the feedback I got is, well, this is crazy. I mean, how many people could just go out and buy a hotel? And, and uh, you know, we got, the, we got that place for 2.1. Uh, I think it was on the market for three. Um, so I... For a hotel, I mean, this is pretty affordable, but we, yeah. we've since found out why. <laughs> okay, let's put it that way. Um, but there were comments like, this is inaccessible, people won't enjoy this. And um, I mean, it it has received the, the largest social that media That sounds like an amazing ever. show to me. This, uh, this is the first show that you'll be able to watch on HGTV, because you, you can't, you know, if you can get through security, maybe, but you, you can't just come and hang out at our home in our living room and watch TV and have dinner. Um, you can't go to the, someone you see on Leave It to Brian's knock on the door and say, hey, I want to check your house out. Right. Um, you can come to the hotel and hang out and, and see what you've seen on the show. And, you know, if, if we're there, go out fishing or, or diving with me maybe or, you know, have me paddle you around and watch the sunset, whatever it is. So it's, it's going to be uh, it's going to be pretty exciting. 
And are you spending most of your time down there, or are you going to be uh, about seventy five, eighty percent of our time down there now? The kids are down in, in school in uh, in the Bahamas as well right now, and it's it's been a full full family move. So yeah, the, the 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 show will be, you know, all about picking your life up and moving to a tiny little island in the middle of nowhere and and trying to renovate a hotel. This is why you work hard in your thirties. Exactly. Yeah, I heard a lot of. It's funny. I talked to one friend. He said, "Oh, I'm moving down the camera. It must be nice." Yeah. And I said, "Yeah, it is. It is nice. My 30s were not very enjoyable. Yeah. But uh, no, my 40s are proving to be a little more enjoyable. That, that's <laughs> unreal. When you wrote that letter to HGTV saying, "Hi there. Yeah. You know, my name's Brian. You probably didn't have any idea that you'd be uh, renovating had, a hotel I in had, the Bahamas. No, I had no clue." I knew I'd do something. I had no clue. If I mean, if that you know, if the television and production stuff hadn't happened, um, we'd probably be one of those mass uh, developers. Yeah, uh, right now. But do you? Uh, it sounds like so. The hotel is one real estate investment. Are you investing in like in terms of long long term kind of holding strategies? Are you investing yeah. in across Canada as yeah, well? Residential. We have a little bit of uh, commercial as well. Um, the what worries me looking at the real estate market and looking at, I have four kids that we have to leave this economy and, and everything too, right? So right. I, I think in terms of when I'm gone, uh, I'm not thinking of in, in terms of, can I flip this by Friday? What concerns me is the real estate in Canada is heading in the direction, uh, you know, back to the feudal system where one person owns it all and everybody's paying rent. Um, we, that, that's not a, it's not a sustainable model. Um, so people have to again start looking at maybe building smaller, more efficient. Um, you know, I, I talk to a lot of our younger employees the back east that you know live in a, a condo or a townhouse. They say, "Oh, I want to sell that and, and buy a house." And my advice to them is always, "Don't, don't sell it and buy a house. Rent it out and try and buy a house. Keep it rented out. Then rent out the basement of the house. Then rent out the house and buy a bigger house. You know, or more houses or whatever it may be." But rent never goes down. Even when when property values dip, um, I, I would I would uh, I would offer a reward to anyone that could phone in and say, "My landlord called me and said, you know, real estate's tanking. He's going to give us a break on the rent next right. year." Yeah, we uh, famous line from a past guest. You know, you never hear about a rental bubble. No, right. exactly. Right. Yeah, uh, rents are down to uh, historic lows. Forty <laughs> percent drop in rent doesn't happen, and the, the more expensive real estate becomes. Um, the more control the landlord has over the tenant because ultimately, you know, everyone has to live somewhere. Mm -hmm. So you, you really want to get in that market and, and stay. Uh, that's key. And that's a lesson that a lot of people, I, I mean, I have had a condo downtown Vancouver. I kicked myself. I, I sold that months before, uh, the news came out that, Hey, we're getting the Olympics. Right. So, you know, there's, I think there's a lot of people with those types of regrets and that's fine, but you want to make sure you get in that market and stay in it. So being from Vancouver, or not being from Vancouver, but spending a lot of time in Vancouver, do you have a favorite area in the city? Um, yeah, to be honest, out in the middle of uh, English Bay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, anywhere on the water. Is, it sounds uh, like you're a boater. I, I love the love the water. I love the mountains as well. I mean, um, everything. I, I always get here, uh, you know, and I walk 20 or 30 kilometers and my back and legs are sore for three days after I leave because yeah, yeah. I just kind of explore and walk around. I, I love, uh, every time I land here, I feel like I've landed at home. And can you talk a little bit about the Hey Brian app? Yeah, we, I'd like to talk a lot yeah, about the Hey Brian yeah, app. As long as you want. Yeah, one of one of the things, um, 
you know, we've talked about it's a common theme is, is people wanting to get things done around the house, um, you know, putting value back into your house, maintaining your house, all this kind of thing. Most, for most people, that's, that's your largest asset. So maintaining that asset, taking care of it, getting it up to snuff. If your job changes, your life situation changes, you need to put your home on the market. You don't want to have half of your trim finished, cracked tiles, uh, you know, cupboards falling down. You want to maintain this. So what I hear a lot, well, what I hear the most is, Hey, Brian, uh, so when I when I was approached by Lance Montgomery, who is a is a is a BC boy here proudly, which is great. Um, maybe he'll let me stay here when I come out and visit. He's got a spare room uh, for rent. Um, you know, he approached me with this technology they were developing for this uh, this app uh, that would connect homeowners directly with uh, service providers and experts in their area. Um, and you know, when he, when he talked about it, it, made so much sense because all I hear from people is, "How do I find someone? How do I?" Do this, and we we have a, a program as well called Balmer Approved that are that are vetted uh, associated companies that we we do endorsement advertising for. But there's no physical connection recommendation. It's your you, you do your own due diligence, you handle it yourself. That's it. The difference with the app technology, I think people are so hungry for. I want it now, and I want to hit the button and have my my Uber show up. I want right. to hit it and get my food delivered. Um, but when they're meeting someone or trying to meet someone to get them in their home to take care of these tasks. It's very difficult to connect and it's difficult to know who's going to show up at your door if you do get someone to respond to you. Uh, so you really don't want to throw darts at the at the yellow pages at this point. We're beyond that in technology. So going through this with Lance, it, you know, he, he described how this would be a, a disruptor to the industry. And I, I 100% agreed and, and wanted to get involved from day one. So we partnered up. Uh, and one of the discussions I, I said to him, is like, no matter where I go, all I hear is, hey, Brian, my basement's leaking. Hey, Brian, I need my windows done. Uh, so we, we came out with that and, and teamed up. And the basis of it is you download the app from the App Store. It's Hey, Brian, with a Y. And um, it's available now. Available right now, yeah. Launch out in Vancouver and, and uh, soon to move across the country into Toronto, into a bigger market. And eventually, uh, uh, we'll see where the needs go and, and open there. I mean, this is a, a technology and a service that, that could expand globally easily because right. the, it, everybody has to live somewhere. Uh, there's a real estate market everywhere, whether it's you know from grass huts to to skyscrapers. So go into the app, you post your job that you need done uh, as a homeowner. Uh, you'll get responses from vetted. Uh, you know we've gone through the background checks with a third party, make sure there's no criminal history, insurance, license, references, etc. But the more important part of that is that it's a user-based rating system. So all crowdsourcing. When they're done the job, the payments go through the app itself. Uh, so you don't have to worry about handing out cash or writing a check. Payments go through the app. Job is done. Uh, sign off on the job. The service provider expert gets paid. Uh, and you rate them. So you're going to get to see real-time feedback from other customers of these service providers on there. Now, on the expert side, uh, they can control how much they work, where they work, what type of jobs they take on, uh, et cetera. And this is, uh, you know, the the number of users that will get involved in this, it's a great marketing opportunity for, for them as well. So it's uh, it's something that hasn't been out there. And I think something that people want, people are hungry for. Uh, and I, I just think this is, this is going to make a, this is going to sort out a lot of problems for a lot of people. <laughs> right. And it, it's, so you, you post your, say I need, um, 
you know, uh, you want to paint your house, Matt. I want to paint. Yeah. <laughs> no, okay. like on, a, on a side note, you and you don't want to, want, and you yeah, don't want to do it yourself. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's actually a good one. Uh, or get a fence built or something like that. So you post that, then people get in touch. Do they actually bid through the app or do they just set up an appointment and come to your house? Well, through the app, they can do it a number of ways, but through the app, the important part is you're not having all these people come and have to walk through. You can, you know, post the, post the job itself with the requirements, be very specific. So the service yeah. providers know, what they're looking at before yeah. they get there. Uh, a lot of times, you know, I can spend days, we, I can waste weeks driving around looking at potential jobs. That's lost revenue for the uh, service provider. Sure. It's the same for the homeowner. You've got to take all this time. Um, but this connects you directly. You can transfer all that information to them uh, and get the people that are actually interested and qualified to do that task directly contacting you. Excellent. So no, that's fascinating. Yeah. So you could probably get your house painted. I <laughs> next spring, next spring, next spring, <laughs> next spring. <laughs> and maybe even the spring after that. Yes, yeah. yes. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe we'll leave it there. But Brian, how can people find out more about you and what else? All all the various projects you're working on. There's uh, well, obviously the the app, you, uh, social media. It's uh, hey Brian, uh, yeah. heybrian.com. You can get to the website as well. Um, for for our side, I mean, there's there's uh, always the search engines. Right. Uh, <laughs> if you can spell the last name right, uh, the projects down in in the Caribbean again uh, are all at, uh, all over our social media. Sarulamar, which is a difficult spelling as well as the name of the hotel. Right. Um, but yeah, brianbalmer.com or uh, or or Google or social media. And we'll we'll it's pretty put easy every, to find. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll put we'll put links in all the show notes yeah. as well for people that are interested. Yeah, there's lots of information out there. Um and, and like I said, there's two things I'm really excited about this year uh are getting this hotel finished and open so I can take a day off. Yeah. Um and the launch of Hey Brian here in Vancouver because this is this is gonna be a massive um disruptor to the market and, and I think uh I, I hear it already. So this is this is my way of saying what? What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny you talk about your you know work hard in your thirties to have a, a better forties. It sounds like you're pretty busy. Yeah, yeah I'm still pretty busy in my forties. Fifties are going to be yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> the night I'll tell you what the nice thing and and a lot of young employees that I talk to come in and we've got apprentices working and they say oh one day I want to have my own business and the very I think the most important piece of advice that I give them because we have a lot of employees that used to be self employed but they didn't know how to run a business. You can be great with your hands. You can be very skilled, but you have to be able to pay the tax man. You have to be able to do some marketing. You have to be able to put some away for a rainy day. Those are the skills that are most important. And these young guys, I say, look, let me pay you for 10 years, train you in the trade, but go online and take a, take a business management course. Right, take right. your weekends and do it. Um, you know, there's a lot of these great financial motivational speakers out there right now that uh, you know, their main message is, You've got 24 hours a day. You got to sleep for eight, right? You got 16 hours a day. If you can push it to 17, 18, sometimes 20, um, there's no reason that 10 years from now you can't be sleeping well at night uh, and having a bunch of people paying rent. Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That is good. Good summary. Yeah, that's great advice. That's pretty much it. I mean, work hard, you can play hard. It's yeah. It's a pretty simple, pretty simple uh, formula. Excellent. Right on. Well, hey, thanks again, Brian, for taking the time and coming down. And uh, yeah, that was a fascinating conversation. Hey, you're welcome. Great Great to talk to you guys. (laughs) 
So there you have it, folks. Our discussion with celebrity contractor Brian Baumler. Super interesting conversation with Brian, Matt. Uh, really fascinating guy. Really great to have him in the studio as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I love talking to guys where, you know, they're massive and it's you, you can go back to not that long ago when they were, you know, slogging through life like uh, like the rest of us and... Uh, and now he owns a hotel in the Bahamas. And I can't wait to stay at that hotel, Matt. Uh, you'll probably be right there, maybe on the tools. We've committed. We've committed to Brian that we're going to go down and help with the, the yeah. completion. You'll be. You'll be on the tools. I'll be looking for the immunity idol. <laughs> that's a that's a survivor joke, people. Um, <laughs> where's Jeff Probst when you need him? Yeah, no uh, kidding. Yeah. Anyways, no, but I, we can't wait for that. So anyways, Matt, what else we got? We got VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. That's right. So go over to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast for all the tips, tricks, updated news feed, everything that you need about Vancouver Real Estate. We also have the research tools over there. Yeah, Matt, check out Private Client Services because if you're not using PCS, you are standing still while the rest of us power walk by. You get sold prices, days on market, realtor level information at your fingertips. It's free. It's on our site. It's the best way to look for real estate in Vancouver. And uh, if you're not... Hold do, on. Wait, if you, Matt, wait if that's you're me. Not, if you're not using private client services to search real estate in Vancouver, you're doing it wrong. Okay. We also have that mobile app. Picture this, Matt. You are out doing your Christmas shopping. If it's you, probably on the 23rd. Uh, I, fun fact here. Do you not remember when... Was that for... That was for Valentine's Day. When you were actually on the news, they, oh, yeah, caught, got they caught a shopper, a last minute guy shopping for Valentine's and it was you and your face was blurred. They actually blurred my face because yeah. they were like, it's great. They were, they had the it camera was like crew, 530 on Valentine's Day. The camera crew was in Town <laughs> trying to catch the deadbeat and they, caught, and they caught and they caught they caught him yeah and my face was blurred out and i didn't want to bring that up but actually but, all you could see was the red behind the blur well you know what's crazy though is i've got such a distinct voice that oh they, and, and fat hands and fat hands and and that's that was the thing somebody actually said hey i recognize i, I recognize that you got caught with a f- blurred face yeah. so if i'm ever on cops I'm in trouble <laughs> if they blur my face because everyone's going to know. But uh, Anyway, we got this mobile app. Oh, yeah. So picture this. You're in the back of a cop car going through Yale Town. Siren's on. Uh, anyways, you see a condo building that you want to buy when you're out of jail. <laughs> That's and, right. Or at uh, least check the prices on your way to jail. Yeah, exactly. But you can just point your phone at any building. It's going to show you what's listed, what it's priced at, and it will even show you the sale price when it's sold. That's exactly it. So you can go over to VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com to get that mobile app or to get on our email list, the live wire. For sure. With tips, tricks. Augmented reality. Augmented reality. Oh, the and deal one, of the month. And the deal of the month. There's so much over at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. There's one other thing that I wanted to mention before we cut for the day. A lot of people have been sharing us in their Instagram stories. And if you're on Instagram, we're on Instagram, Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. Um, check it out. We actually have a photo of us with Brian Baumler recently. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. Brian looks great in that photo. Brian does. He's, he's, he's photogenic, yeah. that guy. Very photogenic. I wish I could say the same for the other two. Yeah. Um, a lot of blue in it. So go have a look. And if you want to share this either on social media, if you're getting value from the show, or if you want to even just share it with a friend, family member, anything that you can do to help us grow the podcast, we really appreciate it. 100%. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Give me a call at any time, 778-847-2854 or matt at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. Or you can try me at 778-866-4574 or adam at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. And if you want to hear from Secret Scalina, beep, beep.
info at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com god secrets of galena it's been like three weeks since we uh, did the halloween show and you're still dressed as a sexy nurse <laughs> have a good week guys take care two thousand faces for radio subscribe today <laughs> Hey everyone, pardon the interruption. We just want to take a quick minute to thank the following sponsors who make this show possible. We want to take a minute to tell you about Holy House, a nonprofit organization that provides community building programs and tenant support services to low-income seniors, veterans, families, and vulnerable residents in the downtown east side and across the lower mainland. Melissa from our team has been volunteering at Holy House. Melissa, what's been your experience? Honestly, it's been so fulfilling just to spend a few hours a week in the community and watch how the staff really transforms these vulnerable communities from the inside out, starting with just small things, right? Playing games, drinking coffee, having some simple conversations that you wouldn't necessarily think are super fulfilling. And you come out just feeling like you've really made an impact and connected with the community. And you've been to multiple buildings, but you're playing games, drinking coffee. Yeah, you know, serving food sometimes. And you made some friends along the and way. And I've made some friends along the way. It's really helped me be more present, actually, in those moments of just, you know, realizing how simple life can be to make an impact, right? Fantastic. And if you want to learn more, you can definitely check out Jenny Conkin, co-founder of Holy House, who is a past guest fan favorite on the show, or head over to holyhouse.ca where you can donate or volunteer, and they're looking for both donations, and they definitely like volunteers. That's holyhouse.ca. Vancouver needs your help. Be part of the solution. We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. If you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy, new resources, head over to oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. That's oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. Not only do you get to meet Michael Morgan and the gang, the big wigs over at Oakland, you get a huge incentive for first going to oakland.com slash join, typing in VRP 2020. <laughs>